Welcome back, you guys. I'm very excited about this guest. I actually don't know a ton about her, but like anything music related, you know I'm here for it. I know. I figured you'd be excited about this. Paige, what episode is this? Oh, girl. 25? 24? Is it, is it 25? I think it's 25. Today we have a really special guest. Thank you so much for coming to uh, record with us, Nellie. She's hailing from New York, and I'm going to let her introduce herself. I met her through a really special place of mine, Firefly Yoga. It's like home. And when I had to leave there, I was super sad and had to leave that community. So um, I've known you through them, but like today I'm excited to like really get to know you and see what you're about. So I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Yes. Hi, what's up, everybody? My name is Nellie. I'm based in Poughkeepsie, New York. I'm a singer-songwriter. I'm just like out here trying to survive, I guess, like everybody else. I'm just the typical, you know, I don't know, young adult. Music is uh, something that's like really changed my life and helped me get through this like crazy, insane world that we live in. So um, yeah, that's who I, that's, I guess that's who I am. I love it. <laughs> Punch and I can totally relate with just trying to survive, right, Punch? Yeah, just trying to make it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I saw a statistic on an Instagram meme, which we all know are the most reliable, but it was like this stat that, um, you know, our parents' generations had like 20% of the wealth when they were in their like late 20s, early 30s. And then the generation after that, um, so like aloe around like a year older than you had like um 14% of the wealth and our millennial generation um going from like 30s to 40s have 4% of the wealth so we all like spent all this money going getting educated and doing things in life and we have the least amount of money of any generation for that age frame and 2% of that 4% is Mark Zuckerberg alone so we're all struggling <laughs> Oh my it's God. crazy. That's ridiculous. <laughs> hey, Mark. I see you. Seriously, right? 2%? I believe. So I came from two immigrant parents. My mom came here from Italy and my dad came here from Cuba. And so growing up, it was like this whole, you know, you know, you need to have stability in your life. You need to work a nine to five. You need to go to college and get a degree and do all of these things. And I felt like I just didn't really have a lot of control in my life. Like I felt like my life was like kind of chosen for me, like my path. And so that I struggled with that for a while. Like I was just very different from my family. I was like kind of like the black sheep. I'm like the oldest out of three sisters and like, you know, very like combative with my like old school controlling family. So um, it wasn't until my like mid twenties and after I had gotten my degree, because I took a break from school. Cause I was like, you know what? I don't really know what I want to do. I spent like the beginning of my twenties kind of like spiraling and not really knowing like who I was or what I wanted to do. So I didn't really do music. I had gone to college to study, to study music. Where did Rose. you go to school? I went, I started at St. Rose in Albany and I double majored in um, music and then I did journalism to kind of just please my parents 
and Girl, I I'm relating up... to this story so hard. <laughs> yes. I'm like, oh, oh my God, I feel this on a spiritual yes. level. Yes. Love my family, like want the best. Right. But it's like, right. oh God, when your right. life is planned out for you, not that my parents planned my life because they didn't, but they, it was like, same deal. Like you go to school, you get good grades, you go to college, you get a stable job. Exactly. It's great that you're a good musician. It's great that you're an artist, but that isn't reliable. So you have to do something else. Right. In college, it like set the tone for just like who I was because I I was just spiraling out of control. And that's like really when my anxiety set in because I felt like I went away to college and I didn't know who I was. I was like two people in college. I was one person. I was like Nelly. And then when I came home, it was like I was Onelia, you know, the immigrant daughter who follows the rules and does everything that she's told to please her parents. Basically, it was a total mindfuck. I literally thought I was like two people. I was like losing it on top of my anxiety, on top of my depression issues. I double majored. I double majored and I ended up hating it both. I hated music in a school setting. It took all the fun out of it. I would sit in front of a piano and cry for hours. And Mm. um, and then, you know, with the journalism thing, I just saw journalism going in a weird direction because of social media. And I was just like, I'm not into it. So I ended up leaving Albany and I took a break from school for about three years and kind of just got like a full-time job, moved away from my family. I ended up saying, you know what, let me just go back to school and get a degree because it's something I said I wanted to do. So I ended up going back to school at at SUNY New Paltz, which I really loved. I felt like when I got to SUNY New Paltz, I was home. It was like all the hippies and everyone in my class had weird color hair and like tie dye. And I was yes. like, this and is, I was like, this is, is where I belong. So great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, love New Paltz. I love it. Ugh, yeah. Do you go so to I, commissary ever? After I graduated, I was like, oh my gosh, I miss music a lot. No one in my family is a musician, really. Like my aunt sang, but like she did, no one is like a professional musician and, and really went for it. So I'm really the first one that really took like a liking to music and just was obsessed with it. That was one thing where like my my parents were like, wow, you're really good, but it just doesn't seem logical for you to do this. So they did always like support me, like practicing music. There was one um, party where I sang and this the the DJ who was actually a friend of my mom's was like, I know this guy, Dr. Salvatore Fabrio. He is a prodigy from Juilliard, really amazing uh, man. And he owns a conservatory in Mount Vernon, New York. So I didn't really start taking vocal lessons until I was 16. And I remember seeing him and he was like a really old guy and, and just super talented. And he was like, I'm going to audition you, but I'm not taking any new students. So I'm going to you know delegate you to someone. And I was like, okay, that's fine. And I, and I sang him somewhere over the rainbow, like acapella, just, you know, me and him in a room. And he was like, okay, I think I'm going to take you on as a student because, <laughs> because I feel Fuck like, yeah, girl. I'm like, that's know? my song. Yeah. So he was like, I feel like, you know, I could really help you learn to, you learn to use your voice as an instrument and really help your range and all these things. And that's exactly what he did. I mean, I learned so much about how to use my voice and and we did a lot of Broadway actually and I think that that's like one thing that like really helped me connect 
Broadway is such like a really great example of doing that because you're acting, you're, you're feeling the words. It's like, it's a totally different experience than just singing your regular pop song, you know, but just like gave me this foundation that I, I really needed, you know, when I went away to college, I couldn't see him. And then my first semester in school, he had passed away while I was gone. So I was like pretty devastated and was like, crap. I mean, I, you know, I had all these, all this progress. I had learned so much from him that I was like, wow, you know, I'm going to, everything that he's taught me, I still use to this day. So yeah, dude, voice um, teachers are everything yes. Having one that is like knowledgeable and that you click with. It's so mm-hmm. important. So I grew up in the theater circuit and did the Broadway training and went to school, was a theater dance degree, double major person. And people don't realize that like, even if you're a gifted singer, you still have to learn stuff. <laughs> and it makes yeah. a massive difference. Like these people, yeah, some of them are just naturally gifted. Like there are not just Ariana Grande's walking around everywhere in the world. Like that doesn't just happen to everybody, but even she gets vocal training because you yeah. can always get better. It's, it, you're, it's like right. a muscle. It's like an exercise. It's like, like an instrument. It's right. definitely people like an know. instrument. Yeah. It's like, if you're going to practice your guitar every day, you got to sing every day. When you do something every day, you're bound to get good at it. I mean, that's just that's just facts with everything but yeah so I mean like I only got him for two years I was like imagine if I had gotten him for longer you know but I mean so I had taken a break from music after he passed you know and and I went to college and I like kind of lost my mind a little bit and partied a little too hard and to you know because I was just kind of like numbing this pain of like not knowing who I was and when I finally graduated college in my mid-20s I was like the music is something that always felt right to me. And I want to just go to an open mic and see what happens. And I met and heard this, this gentleman, Francisco Mena, who was a guitar player, but there was just something about him, like the way he played, it was like really soulful. And he had this like blues aspect to his playing. And I just, it really resonated with me. And my friend, Danny, who's also a musician had said to me, you know, I feel like you and Francisco should just do a writing session and see how you guys vibe together. Just see what happens, you know? And Francisco is way older than me, um, which I like. He's more seasoned in his music journey. I liked having someone that was like going to be able to guide me musically because I wasn't a songwriter. And I feel like he really opened up that door to songwriting for me. And I remember I sent him this Beyonce song and I was like, would it be cool if we did something like this? Like, this is the inspiration. And we literally wrote a song that day. And, um, and it was, and it was fine. It was really good. And it just came out of me. And and I didn't know that I could be a storyteller with my songwriting because I never thought of myself as a songwriter. And it kind of opened the door and I was like, this is so fun. I can express myself and say how I would say what I want to say, but also use my voice at the same time. And that kind of started this domino effect. So we started playing, you know, shows here and there, like really just any show we could take, like dive bars. I'm singing like Al Green and these people want to hear like Wagon Wheel, you know, like just places that just we didn't fit. (laughs) 
you know what I mean? Like, we didn't fit I the so vibe. I so resonate with that. Oh, my God. Yeah, like, we're just, you know, everyone's like, you know, play, like, Fleetwood Mac, and we're doing, like, Aretha, you know? So it's like, oh my God. Yes. But, but we just, we just wanted to do every gig we possibly could take because I was like, like just I, always I, say yes. Yeah, Never like miss an opportunity. Like, right. We were just starting out. I was like, we need to get our name out here, your, our name out there. And I need to practice. I need to practice how to like read a room and practice how to sing in front of different crowds and just become a performer. And yeah, I feel like such playing, a delicate playing, balance. Yeah. And I feel like playing in those types of environments, like really push you as an artist. And I know a lot of musicians are like, oh, you know, these dive bars and whatever. And it's like, you know, that's that's when you practice, you know, your stuff, you get paid to basically practice and, and get better. There are some musicians that are like, oh, I don't play those shitty gigs. And I'm like, I, it doesn't matter to me. Like I'm going to play that shitty gig because I'm going to get better from that gig you know? Hell yeah. Um, totally. I ended up actually hurting my voice because I was playing like five, six shows a week. Sometimes mm. I went to my ENT and they put a little camera down my nose and they were like, <laughs> you have a pre-nodule. You have to mm. go to speech therapy. And my voice ended up coming back way stronger than it was oh, before good. because now I learned how to take care of it and mate and keep up on my voice. Now we're at a point where we make you know, our rate is a little higher. And so we can play nicer places because we have a following, we have a reputation and we do weddings. Now we do private events. It took us like three years, three or four years of just grinding in these like trashy bars um, (laughs) where I would like cry on my way home because I'd be like, it's just horrible. But I knew that it was, it was needed, you know? And so now that I'm at this point, I'm like, so thankful for that, that I kept going. Cause there were so many times where I was like, you know what, I'm just going to get a full-time job and do this whenever. But right. I knew that I really needed to just like immerse myself and just do it full-time and live it and be it, you know? Yeah. So, so Nellie, what would you say like your genre is like what style of music? I know I'm like resonating with everything. You're like the Beyonce and the yeah, Al Green like- and the Aretha. I'm like, she likes what I like. I'm obsessed. But I know. I would what say- would you, how would you define yourself? I would say we stick to soul. Like, I, I mean, mm-hmm. soul, soul music and like gospel, like even like 90s R&B. I mean, those mm-hmm. are like things that really resonated with me. Growing up, my mom listened to a lot of gospel music. Mm-hmm. And she really loved like powerhouse singer, female singers like Aretha was always on. Yes. And like Donna Summer, Michael Jackson, Marvin Gaye, Lou Rawls, a lot of like Stevie Wonder, thing, things like that, that really just resonated with me um, growing I, up. I love that. I feel like soulful. Like I love that right. definition. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I'm into so, it. I mean, soul, soul. They say that, I mean, they're saying now that we're kind of under this blanket of like neo soul which is like this new soul which i i agree it's not because we don't just soul it's a combination of a lot of different influences like a lot of like you know with the r&b with the motown with the jazz with the blues it's like all of those things under one i'd like to say neo soul but yeah we, we play music that that is like a feel-good vibe so i feel like that kind of 
scope that you're talking about is where I'm seeing a shift in terms of like musicians that I think are very actually talented. Yeah. Um, are starting to appear again. And I am by no means like a pop pop culture expert at all. Like I don't really follow things, but what my experience from getting on Spotify and talking with my friends that are doing the music stuff is like, I'm seeing people that I'm like, okay, I can totally get behind like who they are as an artist. Like most of them are coming out of that genre right now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's like, I've always just studied the greats. I, I grew up with Michael Jackson just playing all the time. You know what I mean? He's like a major influence in, in a lot of my my singing, Aretha and Stevie Wonder are like two artists I listen to every day. It's just, I, Ooh, I, I listen see to that. them I and love I, feel, I feel better. And I just, you know, there's just a couple songs that I listen to and, that, and then that's it. I feel like new age people that I listen to a lot is like Anderson Pock. He is like someone who I really admire, really look up to. And he's, he also, his influences are basically the same as mine. And I think that's why I connect with him. I don't listen to new music. Like when I go on Spotify, I'm immediately into my routine, my old soul playlist, my jazz. I do the same thing. So guilty you know, of that. Totally. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm listening to music from like the nineties, like just. On yes. Repeat. Yes. <laughs> it just so, it just feels right. It just feels it right. Does. You know, cause the my... new music now is good, but it, some of it is a little too overproduced or a little too poppy or a little, you know what I mean? And I do. it's missing I really that do. soul. Yeah. yeah. It's so yeah. funny because Don Juan and I listened to like Sade, like just like mm. the craziest stuff from like the Yes, 90s. I love Sade. Uh, it's, uh, it's just, it's uh, funny to me that, you know, and we always talk about how today's music is just like not even music. That's why I resonate with you so much because like what you do is just so amazing. And I hope all of our listeners go check you out. Thank you. Your music is so soulful and like just mesmerized. Like I've, I've heard you. you live a few times and I'm just like, oh my God, it's just, your voice is so amazing. So I hope everyone goes and checks you out. And thank you. It's so, it's so nice to like actually talk to you and like hear about who your influences were and what drew you in and, you know, what you're struggling with. And you said earlier that you have anxiety and like, how do you feel like that plays into actually chasing your dreams and going for something that scares the shit out of you? Yeah. I mean, it's made it extremely difficult. I, I I think about it sometimes where I'm like, if I didn't have the anxiety and I didn't have the BPD and I wasn't depressed all the time, maybe I would be a little more ambitious and a little more productive really since like I was about like 16 or 17. I started like noticing that I had these thoughts that were just not normal. I feel like my parents being immigrants were like not about the therapy thing and not really into like what mental health is about. And it's it's funny because they struggle with a lot of trauma and things that they should have probably went to therapy for. And so I kind of, it wasn't until again, like I moved out of my parents' house that I was like, I need to go to therapy. So I like immediately got a therapist and I went to therapy for like five years and it like really helped me unpeel these layers of who I was, why I have triggers, what, you know, what causes it and all these things. And I felt like after like the five years I was moving on with my life and I told my therapist like, hey, learned a lot of tools. I'm out. You know, I'm good. I don't need therapy anymore. 
And I just remember like doing life, but it was like, it was tough, you know, like I would, I would, you know, get like panic attacks here and there, like just have like weird anxiety issues. But it wasn't until COVID hit that all of a sudden everything changed. Everything changed. My body went into complete shock. I was getting panic attacks two to three times a week. I wasn't leaving my room. I wasn't eating. I was beyond depressed. I was actually getting really scared. I finally was like, okay, I need to spend whatever time now focusing on my mental health again. I wasn't able to create. I couldn't sing. And I'm sure a lot of people resonate with that with COVID. Yeah. Because of COVID. And I think like Aloe and I have talked about it on here before that one of the silver linings Mm -hmm. feels a little apropos to say, but of COVID is that it forced people to take a step back and take some time to work on their self-care and evaluate their mental health and realize that like maybe that's something they'd been neglecting for themselves Mm -hmm. and were able to take the time to do that, that they might not have had or realized they needed to do for years. Totally. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, it definitely put a pause and made me like, you know, I had a lot of alone time with myself and my thoughts and I'm just like, I'm the type of person that likes to keep busy and that keeps my mind at ease because I'm not thinking about all of the things. COVID like really fucked me up. I'm not even going to lie. Like really, really changed a lot of like how I see the world and like how I feel. And I just feel like this heaviness. I mean, I, I know you do yoga and I know like yoga really grounded me and made me like super um, in tune with my body. I just became more open to like energies and like feeling like this heaviness in the world. And I felt that yes. and I was like, everything just feels so heavy right now. And I'm sad. I'm sad for everyone. I know people are suffering and we have no control over the situation. So yeah, I had so to go true. back to, I had to go back to therapy and I found an amazing therapist and she, we did a lot of work, a lot of work every week I was there working and it's so daunting but it has to be done it has to be done and and a lot of people think therapy is easy and it's really not it's hard and I remember having this conversation with her where she was like you know therapy is only going to bring you to a certain place you have a chemical imbalance if you want the panic attacks to stop you're going to have to try and go back on antidepressants and I just hate the fact that I have to take a pill to feel normal And that's part of the reason why I started doing hot yoga. With you, girl. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like hot yoga was like my antidepressant. I feel like we need to introduce her to Erica. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. My girlfriend, Erica, she's this amazing energy healer slash medium slash empath. And she used to be, I mean, she has severe anxiety and depression, Mm. but she Mm. was so heavily medicated that sometimes she was like kind of catatonic. And then she embraced like this side of herself that was very intuitive that she'd kind of been repressing. And I'm not saying that that's what you're doing by any means whatsoever, but I think that you would resonate with her story and she might be able to share some light of like stuff that has helped her so that she doesn't have to be as heavily medicated on things. And she's, oh my God, I've never seen her live more in her power than she has in the past year. I love, see, I love that. I love that. 
I feel like that that's exactly what the goal was is to just take the anxiety and use it as like a superpower rather than something that's going to cripple you. You know what I mean? Tapping into certain things. um, The energy of it. Yeah. Right. Right. And that's why I was going back and forth with my therapist and I was like, you know what? I just, I want the panic attacks to stop because they're so crippling and time consuming. So we decided that I would go on a low dose of an antidepressant. It took me months to take these pills. These people literally were like, I don't understand why you still haven't taken them. And I was like, well, you know, and it just got to a point where I was just suffering so bad that I was like, let me just take it. And slowly but surely, I started to see my life transform. I built like this, this toolbox of like all these tools that I would be like, okay, so today, yeah. So today like wake up and I feel like shit, what am I going to do to pull me out of that? You know, kind of thing. So I love that. Yeah. I love that so much. It's like the more tools that you have, the, the quicker you are to like get out of that. I have some days where I'm just fucked. Like I just, I'm anxious and that's it. Like I I have to just deal with it. And my therapist is just always like, you have to uh, approach your anxiety with compassion. Like you have to be to yourself or a human being. And that was so hard for me because I I am really hard on myself. (laughs) I was going to say punch and I have no idea what that's like. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think we all are like all of us like have these aspirations and dreams. We're really hard on ourselves. So when we're not performing, you know, to a certain standard, our bodies are like, well, what's going on? So I feel like with the anxiety thing, um, it really rocked me, like really rocked me hard. Like I spent a good year just, just focusing on mental health. And I had written the song that I just dropped like two weeks ago on my own. I had written that during like one of my lowest points in COVID Francisco, you know, was like, I'm going to send you a riff and just write whatever the hell you feel on this riff. Like just get it out because you're you before you were writing and that was your therapy. Like you're getting out all your thoughts. And I remember like sitting in my bed and like the song wrote itself in a half hour. And I was just like, it's so good. I've just been thank you. Thank no you. big deal. No big deal. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's just real and it's raw. And it's like, yeah, I feel like I have multiple personalities in my head. I feel like I'm one day I'm normal the next day I have these like negative thoughts I felt like a lot of people could resonate with it because it's such a a topic that's not really talked about in music can I put you on the spot and have you sing us like a little bit of it totally you are you ready hell yeah girl okay cool all right I got issues every day I wake up and I'm using all these tissues just a sad girl surrounded by happy people. The queen of wasting all of my time. Yeah, I'm back on my bull like Mike in 95. I really, really try to shine, but there's so much wrong with me. Thoughts in my head keep telling me that I'm nothing. But everything that I do, I feel like it's never good enough. But I stay acting tough. I start losing my mind but i say that i'm fine both know the truth it's not me it's you there's something wrong with me i got multiple personalities self-destruction is part of my daily routine i wish i could just be alone 
I have chills. I'm Yay. obsessed with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love um, I'm it. like so, dancing in my kitchen. <laughs> oh, it's so good. And I love that like, okay, what am I thinking of? It's not Regina Spector. Um, it like has kind of like Lily Allen vibes. Okay. Love her. Like, love her. Love her. But yeah. I love that it's kind of like talking about this serious topic and yeah. it's like taking your emotions like real, it's really honest but it's got mm-hmm. this kind of like ironic upbeatness yes. to it, which like yes. depicts to me what it actually feels like right. to go through your days and feel like you have to put on this show, but yeah. it's not disingenuine, but it's, it's not accurate of what all is going on. I love it. Right. right. Yeah. And that's the whole, that's the funny part about it is that like, literally when I, I wrote the song, I went out to LA And I hung out with my friend Smiley, who's an amazing musician, and he's a keyboardist for this band called The Main Squeeze. I just showed him the song and he was like, holy shit, we were at the Love Shack in Venice in this like little back room. And he produced a song like that in a couple hours. And I just recorded everything. And then I went back out to L.A. and we finished it. And I just I didn't expect it to become a whole thing. It was just me being vulnerable and honest in my room and trying to create a voice memo that I could listen to when I'm like really depressed to just help me feel better. It just kind of took off and, and, and we dropped the single and people have been like sharing their stories with me about their anxiety and depression. And it's just been so healing to hear those things. I love it. It, I love, love, love love it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And we dropped a video. I don't know if you guys have seen the video yet, but, um, Oh, I have several times. Yes. The the (laughs) video was also another healing process because it was like, I really wanted to portray the story, all of these people in my mind. I wanted this, this, the, the video to be kind of whimsical and, and, and have that juxtaposition of it being a song talking about real shit, but also have that like whimsical, happy side to it. It's so good. It's so good. And and like how Paige said, you know, like kind of perfectly, it's like you have all of these personalities and it's like, you're trying to put on this show for each different person. Who are you catering to? You know, who am I right now in this moment? And then who you are, like as your innate being, which is crazy to think about. And yeah. I think it's beautiful and I think thank you. you sharing it with everyone and I think you did it wonderfully with the whimsical and the attitude it's like the perfect amount of sass with the perfect amount of beauty oh thank you that's like that was like the goal honestly like I just I wanted to treat the song with the tender love and care it really needed because I know that the the message was going to hit home for a lot of people. And I just wanted to really go for it and spend the money and invest and meet and go with the right people. And I just had an amazing team of people behind me that made this happen. And I just feel so blessed. I feel like the universe really like heard my call to be like, Hey, is this, am I on the right track? And the universe brought these people into my life to be like, keep going, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So so yeah, I'm really, really thankful and just proud of it. And it's something I'll always just look back and listen to and watch and be like, you know, we did that. Like we made that happen on a, on an independent level and all self-funded. And um, I can't a lot believe of- it because it looks like MTV quality for sure. Right. Right. Like, I mean, the, I was working with 
people who were like, we believe in you. We're going to do this because we know that we're all going to benefit from it. It wasn't about the money. It was about the love. And that's really like why I do this, you know? So to like work with people like that, that are just genuine about art that are like, we just want to make art. I'm not going to charge you a ridiculous amount of money because we're both struggling and we're artists out here. It was just a beautiful thing from start to finish. I'm just so happy that looking back on the moment, I, I can see it now, like me in bed writing the song, like super, super fucking depressed and hating life. And then looking at watching the video and just being like, I can't believe this came from that. I feel like it's such a love-hate relationship with musical artists and just artists in general. If you don't go through those lows, then you don't have yes. the, like, str- like ugh, strength isn't the right word, but, like, it gives you the grit to, like, really make the things that people can relate to because we're all mm-hmm. going through that. And, mm-hmm. like, not to say you have to really suffer to be a successful artist at all, but I definitely think the people that truly capture in a genuine way and not just from being so crazy famous for their looks or like their ability to have an amazing range, but they pull from that source and it like gives them their fire. And so like, it's, it's like, Oh God, it's like, I wish you, you didn't have to experience that, but like, look at how beautiful it is that, that you were able to make that song from this experience, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think it also made me realize that when the lows come like you just ride the low it made me realize no matter what I do in my life there's going to be the lows and um and I just have to kind of like sit with it and accept it and ride it out and and learn from it and then when the high comes I'll just be that much more ready I think that's something that this um experience taught me because I would be in a low and I'd be mad you know, and I'd fight it. And I'd be like, I'm angry that I'm depressed or I'm anxious. And now it's like, okay, I'm depressed. I'm anxious. What am I going to do about it? How am I going to get better? And there are some days where I can't, there are some days where I just, I don't have the tools to even try. And that's, that's okay too. You know, that's, it's okay to have a day where you literally just get up and you just shower or you just brush your teeth. And you spend the rest of the day in bed because you just can't. Yeah, I and totally that's, believe that's you. Okay. That's, like, that's I, okay. I feel I, that. Yeah, a lot of people are so hard on themselves. They're like, I need to do, if I don't get 10 things done today, the day is a failure. And I oh had to really be like, me? no. Yeah, I was like, no, I was like, I can't, I can't live like that. Like, I have I to just accept that this is who I am. And some days are going to be more productive than others. And um, I'm reading... Some, um this book called excuse me your life is waiting you know my psychic slash therapist uh recommended it to me Uh Uh (laughs) Uh, so she told me I need to read this book and the guy I'm seeing needs to read this book and now that I'm like halfway into it I'm like everyone needs to read read this book but it's basically she goes have you read it Paige no but I just read a book for the book club with Chelsea called maybe you should talk to someone and it's like normalizing therapy which I also really love so I'm just like gosh there's some books that like everyone just need to read so it's like resonating with what you were saying with that Mm -hmm. oh yeah totally and so like I mean even if you want to read this it's so great I think it's by Lynn Grabhorn and I'm about halfway through so 
we have about a few hours left, but it's pretty much saying when you have these, so manifestation, we all want to say it's like putting this, this logic out into the world, using our words, putting these thoughts out there, but really it's a feeling. So we can say these words, we can say these thoughts, we can, we can like pretend to be like, I am light, I am love. But unless you actually feel those things, the universe is only picking up on your vibration and what you're actually feeling. So it's, I'm like resonating with what you're saying before, like even before you said, like, it's not about the money, it's about the feeling, it's about the love. It's about doing something that vibrates with your frequency and then Mm -hmm. doing it no matter what. And Mm -hmm. I think that like this book kind of encompasses that and talks about anxiety and as it comes up into your, you know, bones, all it takes is 16 seconds to go from bad to good or from good to Mm -hmm. bad. Mm -hmm. So when you start to have these like anxious feelings and these thoughts come up, it's so easy to like, let that keep going. And then if you have a bad 16 seconds leads to another bad 16 seconds. And it's just like this perpetual cycle. So what Mm -hmm. she talks about is breaking it and trying to bring in these feelings of gratitude. And like people say it all the time, but do we do it? (laughs) I was going to say too, Aloe, I don't know if you've gotten through all the things for Chelsea's class yet, but we have a friend, Chelsea, she created this course called Flip the Script. And it's all about changing how you relate to yourself and your own identity and your self-talk. And just, it's it's amazing. Um, we did the beta class and she's going to launch her first version soon here. So like anybody that's interested in doing that, reach out to me. But one of the things she talks about, and I won't go too in depth because I like don't want to take away from her class, but we go through all these stages of grief, right? And there's this whole scale of emotions that we go through and there's like a massive range. I don't remember what they all are, how many there are. But she made this point and I, it super resonated with me and it, it resonates with what you just said about some days, like you just can't get there. And her yeah. thing is that the point, you know, you'll get there eventually, right? The goal isn't to like never feel those things. Like that's not the goal. The goal is to move through those stages in a healthier quicker manner so that you don't have to stay there as long but like nobody doesn't go there ever Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I just really loved that I'm like oh exactly yeah that's what the health that like becoming the healthy part is that like you can acknowledge hey I'm at the bottom right now and like that's okay I'm gonna get out and like how quickly can we do that but in a genuine way how many tools like you said in my toolbox do I have to help me get there and is my tool today that I need to stay in bed and take care of myself and get some sleep because that's what my body needs. And if so, that's awesome. Yeah, you know, that's exactly. what you need. Mm-hmm. And I just really loved that part of it. I think people need to hear that more too, because I, I didn't hear that until my therapist was like, what the heck, man, chill out. It's such a funny thing to say to people. Like I have anxiety telling me to chill out is like so dumb, but it, it really is so simple. Just be you and be kinder to yourself. You know, don't put so much pressure on yourself. You know, we're living in this crazy time right now. Why make life more complicated than it needs to be? You know? Yes. Work smarter, not harder. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I love that we, that this happened to like go there. I was just going to say, I love that the conversation went this way. Yeah. I, I think it's like really beautiful. It's important. Same. It's it's a very important thing, I think. And and not enough people are talking about it. 
Uh. So Nelly, um, I'm curious. I want to make sure we don't forget what, how can people find you on the internet? Mm -hmm. They want to check you out. Where Mm -hmm. is your music? How can they support you? And like, what can we do to help you on your road with your music career or any other road that you are traveling on at the moment? Yeah. I mean, so I have a website. It's NellieBombs.com. You can find me there. And then definitely on Instagram, it's at NellieBombs, N-E-L-L-Y-B-O-M-B-S. And the link in my bio brings you to everything you need. YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, all of the things. So that's where you can find me. I mean, as far as like things that I, I would need help with, I mean, it's just so tough being an independent artist. I do my own booking. I do my own marketing. And it's hard to balance all of those things and create at the same time. And so I think that like one of my goals would be to really find help as in management or maybe like an indie label that believe in me and are like, you know, we want you to just create and we'll take care of it and, and work as a team. And wherever that takes me, if like, this is how, this is where I'm at in my career for the rest of my life. It doesn't, it's good for me. You know what I mean? It's the love. But, you go girl. Yeah, the money. It's the love. Yeah. It's the love. Like, I, I really don't care. It's, I, I really am enjoying the journey. I'm happy that where I'm at right now, I'm happy that I pushed through. Cause there were a lot of times where I was like, I'm done. I can't, I just can't handle the pressure. It's well, such you're a just going to have industry. to come to Colorado and sing at my wedding oh, for sure. Yes, I will. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I will. I will. I think, well, I'm uh, like, I need you to be the face of my company that I have. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm like, I'm going to send you some free D8 infused CBD flower. Ooh, and oh, yes. show this. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That would be great. Well, Aloe, I think it's that time, girl. Uh, card pull time. So Nelly, we always pull cards every episode. Oh, I love this. Yes. <laughs> I'm ready. So Natalia told me that the 11th through the 14th was like super manifestation time goals for like finance and love. And then the, the one coming up from now to the 20th is like instant manifestation. So just be super careful with your vibes. Okay. Super careful with your words because it's going to manifest. So we're just going to ask. So Nelly, even if you want, think about something and page you too. Think about something that you guys want to ask the collective. What is it you want an answer on? Do you need some guidance? Okay. Left, middle, or right? Let's do left. Okay. Let's see. Aquamarine. Ooh, I find this interesting. It's Mm. courage, throat chakra. Ooh. Right? Kind of funny. Talking about singing. Right. Okay. Aquamarine encourages you to look at the emotional situations in your life from a new perspective. Try to be more tolerant and sensitive to other people's needs. Aquamarine can also help you to release any old patterns or beliefs that no longer serve you. It is time for you to calm your energy, quiet your mind, and reduce your stress levels. Know that you have the courage and strength to move forward through any difficult situation in your life. Express yourself, open up, and let your true feelings be heard. There's nothing wrong with asking for help if you, if you need it. It's important that you communicate courageously and clearly what it is that you do and do not want. This is a powerful time for you to move forward in your life. 
Aquamarine is associated with your throat chakra and crown chakra. It helps you to stay focused when you are under pressure, as well as helping you to gain some clarity to make the right choices. Take some time now to weigh up all the positive and negative aspects of the situation. Be honest with yourself and trust your instincts. Damn. Aquamarine. Yes. (laughs) Wow. I love this. I'm working on developing for my job a manifestation kit that will be dropping online Memorial Day weekend. Oh, congrats. That's great. I'm super stoked for that. And I'm like, yes, this is what I needed to hear this week. Yeah, that was a good one. I think probably for all of us in yeah. in our perspective situations. Yeah, seriously, that's mm. su- such a good. So many good things to get from that. Ugh, it's so crazy. Wow. Wow. So what else? Anything else? I don't know. I don't know. I guess I would just say, like, if there are any artists that are listening to this and you really love doing it and creating art, and just just keep doing it. Like just yeah, don't stop. Just do what you love no matter what. And it's sometimes that's hard for me because I get caught up in the social media bullshit and I feel like there's a million other people doing it better than me, but there's literally just no stay one. true. Yeah, there's no one that's like me. You know what I yeah. mean? There's no, you know, you're as a person, you're super unique. There's you know? no one so, newer than you. Right. <laughs> Dr. Right. Seuss. <laughs> right. Everyone has to go follow you. And do you have any upcoming shows? I mean, a lot of my listeners are in New York still since I just left there. Oh, okay. Great. Yeah. We're actually playing at this really amazing orchard in New Paltz and it's called Twin Star Orchards. They have amazing cider, amazing food. They have vegan Mm -hmm. options. It's a beautiful location. The sunset is absolutely stunning. And we play literally on the apple orchard right in front of this beautiful lake. So we're playing there on the 29th. We're going to be playing one to four. I'll have it probably on Instagram and Facebook. So you'll be able to check it out. But that's such a good place to come. It's great for families. You can bring your pets. Yeah, it's just a really beautiful space. Well, go check yeah. out, Go check her out at Nellie Bombs at on Nelly Insta. Bombs. Yeah, yeah, and NellieBombs.com. Yeah. So nice and easy to find her and go check yeah. her out. Thanks, guys. This Thanks so for fun. joining us. Yes, yes of course. thank you so much. And we'll talk soon. All right, guys. All right, bye, love. Have a good week. Bye. You too. So... That was Nellie Bombs, and I'm so happy she came on. And I really love where the conversation went with mental health and anxiety. She openly speaks about it on her Instagram. And I think it's so powerful to see someone accomplish all that she has, but has to like struggle with something so deep to show everyone that it is possible. Like her voice, oh my God, when she sings, I just get chills. I love her. I know. You guys, half the time when we record, I'm like, oh. I love what we do, but it's like, oh my God, it's like, I'm so fucking busy. I don't have time. And then we have these conversations and I'm like, thank God I took the hour and a half to two hours out of my day to make this happen. And I think like, that's the theme of life is like, make time for new things and stuff that will help you grow and not just the obligations. Yeah. I mean, my friend tagged me in this post the other day that said like, sit with the girls committed to their growth. 
the conversation's different. These conversations help me. Like, I'm like, shit. I'm like, I need this podcast for me because it, it keeps, it keeps me level-headed and it gets me ready for the week in a way that is productive. Yeah, totally. So you guys coming up next, we have some of the most amazing spiritual, physical cheerleaders I've ever met. My girls at High Ride Cycle, they're coming up next week. So stay tuned. My mom actually made a good point the other day. She's like, I wish you guys would let us know if we were going to talk to you so that I could like let you know if I have questions I want answers to. So if you have any cues that you want A's, you guys shoot us a message. Yes, please do. All right, you guys. Well, this has been another episode of For the Love of Punch and Aloe. And don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share, you guys. Sharing is caring. Caring is caring. (laughs) There's got to be a song in there somewhere. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we will see you next week. All right. Love you guys.